So, today's daf is daf Samach Vav, page 66 in the Heilig Meseches Ksubis, and we are two lines from the bottom of Samach Hei Amr Beis. 65b, two lines from the bottom, we are at the two dots. Alright, so here we go. Let's remind ourselves of the Limud of the Mishnah. Let's go back to the beginning of our parak. We started the sixth parak. And you know what? Let's actually learn through the Mishnah again. Let's learn through the Mishnah quickly before we pick up from where we're up to in the Gemara. So the Mishnah had taught us, Isha, anything that a woman finds, and the money that she earns, that all goes to her husband. Now the reason why her findings go to the husband, we learned previously, is because we don't want there to be Ava. We don't want to be there any sort of hatred or lack of shalom bias between them when the husband's saying, listen, I got to take care of you. I got to give you anything. I know you find something, uh, you get to keep it. It doesn't go to me. It doesn't bode well for the relationship. What about her earnings? So the earnings we know go in, go to uh, um, go to the husband uh, for a number of reasons. Right? For a number of reasons, as we uh, learned last week, that um, you know it's in place of the mizaynus and so on and so forth. Okay, extra money could be in place of the extra spending money, right? Any extra earnings, birushasa. What about money that comes in? To her stamazai. So we said, It still belongs to her, but he gets to eat the produce in her lifetime. And this is what we're going to be focusing on now. This part of the, the Gemara that we're going to pick up with, we're going to be focusing on this part of the mission. And that is, if somebody causes embarrassment and damage to her, who gets it? She does. That's the Tanakhama. However, Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra argues. And this is what Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra says. Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra says, he says, if the embarrassment, you know, the area of the body that's now damaged is beseser, is hidden, is covered over, it's not public. So, she gets two parts of it, he gets one part. Now, we didn't really dwell on this because we were wrapping up the daf last time. We didn't really have time to dwell on this, so let's do that right now. Why is it that if it's in a hidden part of her body, a covered over part of her body, the husband has any rights to the embarrassment because, and this is going to be very deep, this is very, very important. The Mishnah is letting us know it is a husband's responsibility to be out there in front as his wife's support. So if a person's wife is suffering embarrassment, he's supposed to be the one who's out there covering her back and representing her. And since he's representing her, if there's any sort of embarrassment that's coming, you know who's shouldering it? Him. At least partially. So if it's hidden, she it's mostly her. But in a way, since it's his achrayas to stand up for his wife and make sure she feels good about her appearances and, and, and uh, what's happened to her body. So it's two, th- two thirds to her and he gets a third. What happens if it's ubizman shabagului? What happens if it's revealed? So that's even, you say it's even worse for her, right? Says the Mishnah incredibly, according to Rabbi Yudu he gets more of the embarrassment now because he even more so is going to be out there knowing that there's, it's an embarrassing situation, but telling his, being there as a support for his wife so she doesn't feel embarrassed, but he's the one shouldering majority of the embarrassment now. It's incredible. So therefore, Lai He's actually going to get majority of it. Um, 
Shalai and what he what goes to him comes immediately. He gets that money right away, and the money that goes to her, the Shalah, what do you do? So we don't want it to remain in cash because cash loses value. It can get used up, things happen. So you know what we do with it? It belongs to her. We don't want it to go to him. See so what we say is let's purchase land on her behalf. So now she's got she's got um you know that value in real estate. But who Paris? And he could eat the produce like as if it's like a nechse malug, so to speak, that she's bringing into marriage. Okay, that was the Mishnah, a fascinating Mishnah. Now let's jump to where we got up to on uh, yesterday on Erev Shabbos. And we're going to pick up two lines at the bottom. Tony Tona Kamei the Rava. There was somebody who taught Brysus in front of Rava. And what did the Brysus say? The Brysus says that the findings of a woman go to herself. She keeps it. Does that work with our Mishnah? No, our mission started out by saying the findings go to the husband, right? This Brysa says that findings she keeps. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says no, Labala. Rabbi Kiva seems to be like our Mishnah, that the husband gets the findings. Omar um, uh, so Rava said to the person who taught him this Brysa, he said, Hashta, but now, Umahadafa, we know that the extra money that a, that a wife earns, she has to, she, we know that a wife has to bring in a, speci- a, a minimum amount of value, but the extra money that goes in, um, uh, lost the Umahadafa, what about the Lachabadafa turn to, we now turn to today's daf, the Maisia Delhi, Hadafa's earnings, right? That's what she's, uh, that's what she's bringing in. It's extra, but it's money she worked for. And what does Rabbi Akiva hold when you have extra earnings? She worked for it. You know what Rabbi Akiva holds? La'atzma. She keeps it. So mitziyasa like koshkin. If Rabbi Akiva holds, she keeps her extra earnings, how much more so should, her, should the mitziya go to her? Certainly it should go to her. Yeah? Why? See, here's the deal. Because earnings are there in place of the husband's obligation to feed her and to support her and do all these things. Earnings, uh, findings is not expected. So if she, if something goes to the husband when, um, if, if something's going to the husband when it is earnings, which is because of his responsibility, how much more so should it go to her when uh, there was no work involved? Now, how do you know that's Rabbi Kiva's opinion? Henry Rabbi Kiva holds that mice of additional amounts go to the husband. The time we learned in the Mishnah, a wife says, I'm making a kainam. I'm I'm making this uh, vow. Shani aisa lefika. Whatever I earn is forbidden to your mouth. Okay, anything I have, I have, you ain't gonna benefit from. Ain't sarklahafir. He doesn't. He could ignore. He could completely ignore it because she can't do that. It's his. It's not hers. You can't forbid my thing on me. Excuse me, Rabbi Kiva. I'm Rabbi Kiva says you fair. No, he couldn't. Maybe she's going to earn more than the amount she's responsible to earn, and that's going to belong to her, and that's going to be usher on him. So you see very clearly that the extra earnings belong to him. So if extra earnings belong to him, I'm sorry, you see according to, just the opposite, you see according to Rebekiva, the extra earnings belong to her, and if the extra earnings belong to her, certainly her findings should belong to her because there's nothing the husband's doing for her that should earn him the findings. There's things that are earning him the, 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 earn, the there, there's things that the husband's doing to give him rights to her earnings. There's nothing he's doing to give her rights to the findings. So if she's, if the extra earnings are hers and we're not giving the husband, certainly the, the findings shouldn't go to the husband. See, here's the question. 
the, when this Brysa was taught in front of Rava, on the bottom line, what did we say? Rebbe Kiva holds, it goes to her husband. We want to know why. Why is the husband getting it if elsewhere Rebbe Kiva holds that findings shouldn't go to him? Answers the Gemara, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. So what we need to do is switch around the opinions. Rebbe Kiva is the one who says, the same way she can keep the extra earnings, she can also keep her findings. Says the Gemara, one second. When Ravan came, to Bavel, he said the name of What about extra earnings? So what the Gemara is now going to do is make a discrepancy with extra earnings. And we're going to say like this. There's different ways money comes to people. Sometimes you can get a windfall with no work whatsoever. And sometimes you get a windfall because you worked your tail off, right? You worked very, very hard over here. And therefore, I mean, obviously everything's siyat deshmaya, but it was through the extra work that naturally, that, you know, al teva, you work those extra hours, so you brought in more earnings. So it says the Gemara, maybe there's a discrepancy, a difference between how the extra earnings came in. And listen to this. When you have when she made extra money without any sort of uh, extra effort, Okay, now over here you have to, we're going to have to follow Rashi. This is amazing. So, Shaloyal Yedei Atchak, the first thin line in Rashi, says, Kegoyin Shehi Iranis Ubalas Balacha. She just happens to have natural um, abilities in business. She's just so good at it. She's good. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave her this gift. All right? So when the extra money is coming without any sort of effort, so then, everybody will agree it belongs to the husband. That's not called extra earned. Look good, there's extra money coming in, but you know what? She, she didn't expend any extra effort like that. She's got, she's savvy. She's savvy. Okay. Sakip Pligi, where's the Ramachlokas about her extra earnings? When it came through effort. Now look in Rashi for this. What does it mean that it came through effort? Rashi says, for example, Shadokka Atzma Vahadifa. What happened was, she worked hard. She put in those extra hours. And therefore, she made more money. So then what do we say? She's, she wasn't obligated to do that. She didn't have to put in those extra hours. But she did. Say, Tanakama Savar Labala. The Tanakama says it still goes to the husband. It's part of her earnings. Goes to the husband. Rabbi Akiva Savar Laatzma. Rabbi Akiva says no. She had no responsibility to do that. She's the one who chose to put in those extra hours at work. And therefore, there's no, the, the, she has no responsibility to hand that over to the husband. Now, let's ask ourselves a question. If she were to find something of value, is that considered earnings that come about through difficulty or non-difficulty? We would assume you're walking down the street, you find something, there's no difficulty there. And what did we say when there's no difficulty? It should go to the husband. All right? And what did we say? Everybody agrees when there's no difficulty, it goes to the husband. So why would Rabbi Akiva say that it's hers? No, findings are actually considered something that took effort. It's considered something that took effort. Okay? Now why? So you got to look back in Rashi. Listen to this. Rashi says, um, uh, go about the seventh thin line in Rashi, Umeshani, Dibramas Umeshani, 
Why? Why is findings considered work? Listen to this. Derov Metzios. Rashi says, yeah, you can find the $100 bill on the street. However, most times where you find something of real value, Tzorach Lach Tzorach It's going to take effort to get it. Kigom, for example, Dogim, if you have fish, Shanisharu Bayabosha. You have fish, sometimes you catch fish by going out to fish them. And sometimes there's fish that, uh, you know, they, they wash up ashore. They get into the shallow waters. You still need to catch those. All right? Or, shavor. you have a deer with a broken leg. A deer with a broken leg. It can't run away. She found it. It still takes effort to bring it home. Or she's searching for some sort of treasure or value in the earth. So at least you need to dig. So Rav Papa is saying, listen, since in general, mitzias also are called, they do take effort, Memelo, that's going to be, it's not that everybody agrees that it goes to the husband. No, it's actually a machlekes. Rebbe Kiva is going to say that she could keep it. Okay. Period. Beautiful. By Rav Papa, Rav Papa asked a shayla to end off this Gemara. This is actually a fascinating question. We said that earnings go to her husband. Okay? Dispute about extra effort. What happens if she's capable of multitasking? She could multi she could do two things at once. Alright? Now, boy Ravina, Ravina asks, what about Shlaishara Babasakas? What if she could do three or four things at once? Now how do you do that? Let's look back at Rashi. <laughs> Ready? Rashi says, you know, you could do three or four things at once to earn money. You know, you could pull this off. Rashi says, Shemeres Kishuim, she's hired as a cucumber watcher. Now, a cucumber watcher, basically you're a scarecrow in the field. You're just out there making sure that no animals are attacking people's veggies. And you get paid a minimum amount by the hour. But it doesn't take any work. You just need to be there. You know, it doesn't take any mind. All right? So she's hired as a cucumber watcher, but she doesn't want to be bored. So while she's doing that, Vitava Pishtan, she's spinning flax. Why not? She's also hired, you know, to create uh, flax for somebody, linen. While she's spinning flax, she's giving voice lessons. Bishar, and people are paying her for this. And at the same time, She's cooking up eggs. She's got eggs cooking up on her lap. Right? Eggs cooking the fire. So she's got food on the oven, right, outside, cooking outside. She's got a... Uh, she, she's giving voice lessons, she's watching cucumbers, all these things. Mahu, what is the halacha? Right? In other words, is this considered extra effort that she could keep, according to, those, according to, to the Tanakama? Or do we say it's not? Because the Misa, like, you know, just because you can multitask, it doesn't take much effort. It doesn't want to take it. We're unsure. But it's really, it's a... Uh, I think this... It's interesting that it's a teku because there's some fascinating ramifications of that when it comes to a lot of times you think you have one job, you're hired for something and you end up doing 20 other things, right? And You know, did it take effort? A lot of other things, a lot of the come with the job, you know, uh, even though it wasn't necessarily expected. And it's just, it's fascinating to know whether this, we could consider this to be extra and you could expect different amount of payment or uh, whether it's something that's, uh, you know, when you're already watching cucumbers, why wouldn't you uh, cook an egg for somebody? Like, it doesn't make much of an afkamina. So there's some fascinating ramifications in that. All right, here we go. Two dots. 
Last piece of Gemara before the Mishnah. We have a, a couple of uh, very interesting Mishnayas. Also on uh, bottom of this Amad and also Amad base. Here we go. Baishto Upagama. We said that if she's embarrassed or she gets bodily damage, so the Tanakama said she gets it. Rabbi Ben Basira said it depends if it's if it's covered over or if it's revealed. Masla Rabbi Barachon. Rabbi Barachon has a challenging question. understand. Somebody's horse gets embarrassed. You're going to pay him embarrassment. The Gemara is basically asking, like her. Why in the world is her embarrassment going to him? Shkoyach. The entire thing should stick with her, right? So. Gemara is saying, if, if your horse gets hit, so there's, so, so now, you know, it, it's embarrassing that your horse is damaged. You're going to pay him something? Well, what does that mean? Why is the husband, uh, you know, how, how are we working this out? So Gemara says, I don't understand your question. A wife is embarrassed here. A horse isn't embarrassed. So why are you asking, would, would the master get it? There's no embarrassment. So, so where are you coming from? So Gemara says, okay, you're right. But let me clarify. Ella, Rather, I'll explain what I, where I'm coming from. If somebody spits on his friend's clothes, I guess they're not such great friends. So you're going to say that he's got to pay embarrassment for, for uh, spitting on him. Okay? Somebody spits at you. So now your suit has saliva. Do they need to pay you for baishas? You're going to say, yeah, you spat at me. You got to pay me baishas. It's not true. But tonight, we learned in the Mishnah, if somebody spits at somebody else and the spit lands on him, or you uncover the head of a woman. A woman's wearing some sort of tichel, shaitel, whatever it is, and you go, you yank it off. Or you remove somebody's garment, the clothing that they were wearing. You need to pay 400 zuz for the embarrassment. This is when the spit lands on the guy. But if it lands on his garment, potter. You're going to be potter. Sigmar is basically just saying like, you spit at somebody, so now you're embarrassed. There has to be like damage. You can't just, just be like, you said something not nice. You spat at him. Sigmar says, Beautiful. Listen, if somebody spits at you and it hits your clothing... That's not considered real um, lowering. However, if somebody's wife gets hurt and embarrassed through that, that person is considered like they've just been lowered. There's been a zealous that's happened. And that applies to the husband as well. And the same way you pay the wife, you're paying the husband. The Gemara is saying maybe the husband should be like a garment. Who are you? Your wife got her, got embarrassed, not you. No, she says, no, no, no. When a wife's embarrassed, it impacts the husband as well. If let's say you embarrass somebody who's very poor, okay, um, but he comes from Ben Taivim. Ben Taivim means the good people, the son of good. A poor guy, but he comes from an Erlicha family. So now the whole family is embarrassed. They're fine to people, Erlicha people, and you, you made fun of them. The whole family is now embarrassed because of what happened, the scandal. So you're going to have to pay the siblings, the parents, the children, all the relatives, because they're, they're going to feel bad too? We know that's not the halacha. So Gemara says, Amar says to him, Hosam lav gufayu. 
Hocha ishtai gufei havai. Ishtai ki gufei, as we say, a woman's considered his body. Granted, a family's related in blood. This is a fascinating concept. Fa- family's related in blood, but they're not the same body. And therefore, in order to be obligated to pay for embarrassment, it has to be there was an actual impact on your body. So why is he getting paid? It's not his body. Teretz is, it is his body. Because a person's wife, ishtai ki gufei, a person's wife is like their body. Period. End of that Gemara. We now head into the next Mishnah and the rest of our daf is going to be a lot about financial arrangements between spouses and understandings of, you know, at the time of marriage of what they, what, what you're bringing in. And uh, let's just give a quick introduction to the next Mishnah. Very often, uh, women would come into marriages with dowries. What was a dowry? So a dowry was money that the family of the kala, the family of the bride, would give to the young couple to you know, help them start out in life. Help them start out. So you have a, a young, uh, you have a lady who's coming into a marriage and the dowry is um, whatever, uh, a home. Coming to the marriage, you get a home. I'm going to give you an apartment somewhere to live in. That's what she's coming in with. Okay. Our mission is going to give a case where the husband dies before Nisuin, before they move in. Now, a dowry was committed at the time of Arison. But it was really understood that it was at the time of Nisuin that it's going to start having an impact when they start living together. What happens if a, if a family committed an apartment to a dowry and then the husband dies before they move in? So there's no children. So now there's Yibam. Do, does the family need to stick to its end of the deal and offer the apartment to the Yavam? Or not? Or not? Okay. So that's going to be uh, the at least the initial case of the Mishnah, but this Mishnah is going to take us to uh, Amud Beis. Here we go. A person who sets aside an X amount of money for his son-in-law. Umeis Chasnai, the the son-in-law dies. Now they already they had this is the son-in-law. They had Arison. Amru Chacham, the Chum say Yochal Shehu Aimer. The bride's family is able to say, Your brother was the one who we intended to commit this money to. But we don't want to give that money to you. That wasn't our, uh, that wasn't our intent. Okay. This is fascinating. Hever, listen closely. This will blow your mind. The kala comes in with a thousand dinners. Ready for this? When the marriage ends and she collects her ksuba, remember she came in with a thousand dinner, she's automatically going to leave with an additional, the Chazal call it an additional third. She's going to leave with 1,500. It's not really a third because that would be 333. But basically you add a third Amount, right? You have a thousand, that's five, two five hundreds, and a third five hundred, and the husband is paying her back fifteen hundred. So when a woman comes in with a dowry and a commitment of money, the husband could use that money, but no. 
You're going to pay back 1500 What does this look like, by the way? Ribis. Ribis. It looks like ribis. Now, the, 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 as we're going to see, the reason why it's not ribis is because this is a set automatic flat amount no matter how much usage was had from it. Okay? You could have Nisuin and the guy drops dead a minute later, his estate has to pay back the 1500 Or they could be married for 65 years and he's going to have to pay back the 1500 It doesn't matter. Okay? Fine. But that's, uh, be it as it may, it's a, obviously a whole sugi here in and of itself. But says the Mishnah, she comes with a thousand, leaves with fifteen hundred. Who connected Hashum? Who paisik pachas chaymish? But what about shum? Shum is if something needs to be estimated, you have to evaluate the the price. So then, who paisik? He has to the husband has to set aside pachas chaymish. Uh, you 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 minimize a fifth from the value that was originally brought in. Okay. So what it means is like this. Ready for this? What's happening is. He's going to pay back 1500 But not only that, he's, he's actually going to give back more. Because anything that was there, if it was, an, if it was an item, we know that items generally go down in value. So he's going to have to, if let's say it was an apartment or whatever it was, real estate maybe is different, but if, if it's an item, it's, it, real estate is different. Let's say it's an item... So if you look in Rashi, last Rashi on the mission, it says Lakupa. Rashi says that the husband's obligated to add on 10 zuz for each mana. Why? Rashi says, in order so that v'yiknu la mayhem besamim, so that he could purchase for her besamim. Literally spices, we're referring to perfume here. Lirchaitz bahem betamruke hanashim, for her to, like, like we know from a Megillah Sester, right? Tamruke hanashim, for her to to uh, place her body into, to, to uh, adorn herself with various uh, um, cosmetics and thing, uh, things of that sort. Okay. For each money he brings in, he's obligating himself in 10 dinner for this specific allowance. Rav Shemuel says, everything is it all depends on the place and the expectations. Says the Gemara, we learned in our, it says the Gemara, I don't understand. Hainu paisek kenegdam chamisha asar mana. Says the Gemara, if, not if, the, the Mishnah taught us that if she was bringing in 1,000, he has to give her 1,500 back. So over here we're saying, if it's four, he's giving her back six. Either way, you're paying an additional 50%. So Gamar is asking, why are we going to the redundant school of redundancy? We're, we're giving the same idea, just in different fashions and different times. Why are you just changing numbers? What's the added chiddish? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Says the Gemara, Tona Iskarab of Tona same thing we said before. First, we're dealing with large numbers, and now we're dealing with smaller numbers. Before, we're dealing with a thousand dinners, and now we're dealing with four dinners. Utricha, and each one, the large amount, small amount, each one have their own chiddush. Why? Ditona Iskarab, if we will get told the thousand dinners, one, the bigger amount, the Nafish Ravcha, we say, oh, listen, it's a lot of money. You know what happens with money? Money makes money. 
So maybe when she brings in a thousand dinner, we're like, listen, you got to pay back 1500. That was the previous Mishnah, right? Why? Because being able to hold on to that money has real value. You, she, she could have earned, the, the, her family could have earned money off that thousand dinners if they would have held on to it. So now you got to pay back 1500. However, four dinners, we can do with that already. I would say you don't need to add on a whole half. So Tricha, Vyashmin Iskazuta, if we would have only said the smaller amount, you got to add on a half, to add on 50%. I would say the Zutra Ziva say, no, you know, big deal. In other words, it's small risk investment. It's okay. You could invest, people are more, more comfortable investing smaller amounts that they could afford to lose than larger amounts. And therefore, you got to pay back the extra amount on the money they could have done smaller business with. But a larger amount. We're, you know, as uh, hopefully our parents taught us, never um, take risks on money that you can't afford to lose. So something that is is much higher. So Emalai, I would say you don't add on 50% because they wouldn't have risked it and invested it. Therefore, Tzricha, therefore the Mishnah has to let us know both that either way, no matter how much she's bringing into the marriage, we're going to add on a 50% surcharge for the Ksuba. Okay. And then we learned in the Mishnah, the Chassan accepts upon himself to pay 10 dinners um, for her Kupa. What does this mean? For her upkeep. My Kupa, Amaravashi, Kupa Shobasam. Upkeep of perfume. Spices. She smells good. Okay. Now says the Gemara of Yomaravashi, This is true in Yerushalayim. All right. Why in Yerushalayim? Rashi says, because that was standard. Rashi says in Yerushalayim, that was the minig. The minig was every woman had these uh, spices and perfumes. So that's the expectation. By Ravashi, Rashi has asked a question, searching for information. What type of mana are we referring, referring to? An evaluated mana or an accepted mana? Now, this is the question going back to our member. Our Mishnah said that when you write it into a ksuba, you're going to lower it a fifth. So, are we talking about a full mana? For each full mana, he adds on 10 or not? Is it the lower amount, minus a fifth? If this type of mana, miskabel, yam rishon, I call yam yam. What does it mean? Every day? Does it mean every day? You're only on the first day, meaning one day a week or every day of the week? Every day of the first week or every day of every week? Every day of every week. The first month or every month? Right? Okay. We'll ask all y'all of you when he comes. Listen to the story. I'm reviewed on my Rav. He says, "Name Rav Meisim Bidushan Nagdim Begorion." Story with the daughter of Nagdim Begorion. Remember, we just had him the other day. His daughter-in-law. Remember the the story where the Bezdin gave her a tremendous amount of wheat, and she said, "If only you would have the same for your own daughters, right?" And they, they wouldn't respond to Amin because she was a Yavama. Um, so it, it happened with the daughter of Nagdim Begorion. He's the, wealth, the wealthiest man in Yerushalayim. The Chachamim gave her 400 Zehuvim, golden pieces, Lekupa, for her spending money, Shalbesamim of perfume, Levoi Bayayim. 
for that day. Okay. Now what happened was, Rashi explains, she became a widow. So it says that day, they gave her a tremendous amount of money for her perfume. Amr al-Lahem, she said, Kach tifsku Halavai? Your own daughter, she gets such a wimpy amount. Pathetic. And here, they said, Amen. Now here's the question. Here's the question. Previously, they wouldn't say Amen to the bracha. Why? Because she was the Yavama. Over here, they're saying Amen, but instead she's a widow. Her husband just died. Why are they saying Amen? They want their daughters to remain widows? To be widows? What do you think the answer is? You know some? You ever meet anybody who lived forever? Nope. They know at some point somebody's going to die. They know that. So giving this blessing, her statement, if they say amen, nothing's going to happen. What's going to happen? The kids are going to die? Yeah, they're going to die. They could die at 120. Didn't bother them that she made that statement. What it turned into was just a bracha. She's telling them their daughter should be zaychet to have so much money to get that as a, uh, uh, you know, to get that as their daily allowance for perfume. So here they had something. But the previous case of Yibum to be childless, there we don't say yami. All right, here we go. Tanu Rabbanu, the rabbis learned that's why the rabbis my sabir biyechem and zakeh shor the biyechem and zakeh shoyi reichiv al chamor biyetsim rishlaim atim yibalchen acharav. He was riding on a donkey the outside Rishlaim, and his students were behind him. Listen closely. He saw a woman collecting barley from the excrement of the Arabs. And she covered herself when she saw these Tamidecham coming. And, um, and she stood in front of them. And she said to him, Rebbe, Parnasani, Rabbi, I need food. Amar la biti miat. Who are you? My daughter. Who are you? Amar la. She said, "Bas nakdim magorian nani." My father nakdim magorian. Amar la. He said to her, "Biti, I don't understand." Nakdim magorian, wealthiest man in Yerushalayim. Mamun shal beis avicha. The money that your father had. Heicha on halach. Where to go? Amar la. She said to him, "Rabbi." Isn't there a statement said over in the city of Yerushalayim? There's no such thing as salt on money. What does that mean? What salt? What does salt do to food? It keeps it around. It keeps it. It preserves it. Okay, and therefore, that doesn't happen with money. Some say chesed that salt and money is chesed. Now, listen to this. Look at Rashi, please. The fifth to last Rashi on the Yomud. Melach Mamon Chaser. This is about eight lines from the bottom of Rashi. You want to know, Rashi gives us actually a trick how to salt your money. If you want to salt your money and preserve it. Kilaimar meaning ligraim light to cause your money shayeskayim that you'll keep it yachserenu litzdaka tamid constantly give charity vechesreinai and the loss of money through charity zehu kiyumai that's how you keep your money incredible like the wealthiest man in Yerushalayim 
And you know what the daughter says? You know where my, my, you know where my father's money went? It's gone. He didn't give enough tzedakah. And we know in the Torah, there's one area in the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch says, test me. Test me with this. Which, by the way, we should do this. Everybody here should have a tzedakah account. A separate account. Make sure you separate miser. Make sure you have a separate miser account. Now, sometimes a person could be so poor where they say they can't afford to give miser. So here's what, I, here's what I'll say. Separate miser and then take it for yourself. You're no worse than anybody else. Somebody else is worthy of receiving zaka. I could also, but separate it. This is miser. This is tzedakah money. The Rabbi Shalom says, There's my, test me with this. Give tzedakah. It's kedai. I'm telling you, it's so, it, this, is, this is the preservative of finances. Here we go. He says, very nice, your father lost his money. What about your father-in-law? It was two wealthy families. Amr she said, Bozevi Bezehem. Yeah, I'll tell you what happened. Yeah, they, they were mechutanim. And uh, they did business together. And they both lost it. Amr Rebbe. Rebbe, said to Rabbi Yechem Zacharata, do you remember Samta? Do you remember signing Al Ksuvasi on my Ksuba? Remember my wedding? Omar Lahan, the Tamid of Shabbat Mazakai turned to his students and he mused and he said, Zachorani, I surely remember. Kishachasamti Al Ksuva Sashal Zu. I would sign when I signed on her Ksuva by Yisi Kari, but Elif Allahum di Narezov mi Bezavicha, Chutz Michel Khamiya. Her own father promised a million golden pieces, ten ten thousands. I'm sorry, Elif Alafim, a thousand thousands. Yeah, a million, a thousand thousands of golden dinners. That was besides for what her husband was bringing in. Bachar beichem zakav yomer, Ashrechem Yisrael. Fortunate are you, Klal Yisrael, b'zman shoyishim say neshom makom. When you do what Rabbi Shalom wants, ain't kaluma v'shla v'loshin shalat is mahem. Nothing can stop you. Upezman shein oisim and zenus hamakam. If we don't do what Rabbi Shalom wants, ma'isram biyad uma shveila. We could sink into an uma shveila. Why? Remember, this woman was out there collecting the dung from animals of Arabs. V'loy biyad uma shveila. V'loy biyad uma shveila. Ela biyad behemton shluma tefila. Not only the people, but their animals. You had here a family that went from the highest of heights in wealth to having to collect the dung of the lowest of the low. Check, pause. didn't give Whenever he would leave his house to go to the yeshiva, clean milas, clean milas, they would spread out the red carpet, as we say in today's day and age. And all the, um, sorry, they spread out the red carpet behind them. So they would put all sorts of valuable things, which he would drop as he walked, and all the poor people were able to take whatever they wanted. He would just drop it. That he gave tzedakah, but it was done in a little bit of a way to give himself honor. Yeah? When you do it to give yourself honor, you don't have that same salt. 
You know what? He gave a lot of tzedakah, but not enough. As people say, according to the camel, shichana is how much burden they're obligated to carry. You have a big, strong camel, you add to the burden. You have a weak camel, less. Just because somebody's the biggest philanthropist in town is not an excuse. If they're capable of being a bigger philanthropist, if they're blessed with more finances, so that's their greater achrayis, and according to this Ibayasema, Nakdim Mangorian didn't hold up to that end of the deal. Okay, Yashikayach will hold it here for this evening. Agutavach Bajam will pick up 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.